Daniel chapter 3, verse 19 through 30. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments. And they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said, true, O king. And he, he answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed. And no smell of fire had even come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command, yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, lang or language that speaks anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their house is laid in ruins, for there is no other god who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and, Abed and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Another day in the on-again, off-again relationship of Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> and the God of Israel. Um, so Nebuchadnezzar is really, really mad. If you didn't listen yesterday, basically the passage ends with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego telling Nebuchadnezzar, look, if you're going to throw us into the fire, we don't care. God's going to deliver us. Even if not, we don't care. We're not going to worship you. And so then it picks up today. Nebuchadnezzar is just fuming with anger. He has this furnace heated seven times more than normal. 
And I mean, the drama of this story, the way it's told is mm -hmm. just stunning. Like even translated, I'm sure like if you know biblical Hebrew or uh, this is actually an Aramaic, but if you know Aramaic, I'm sure it's even more poetic, but uh, it's so heated that furnace overheats and kills the men who are throwing them into the furnace. And then, you know, there's this very sort of like Hollywood moment where uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men who are trying to throw them in die and they're bound and they kind of like stumble head over heels into the furnace. And so it's a, it's a very, very dramatic scene. And then it cuts, you know, the camera cuts to Nebuchadnezzar and he's like, what is going on? <laughs> and, you know, you heard the rest of the story. So I just find it, again, so fascinating, Nebuchadnezzar's response. He blesses, he kind of has this like benediction over Shadrach, <laughs> Meshach, and Abednego where he blesses them for setting aside the king, a.k.a. his own command, mm -hmm. um, which was what he was trying to kill them for. So, Greg, the great novelist of the book of Daniel, <laughs> please tell us your thoughts on, you know, this, this is a very, very famous and rightfully so story. Tell us your thoughts on everything going on today. I mean, this is, this is one of those all timers. All, it's an all time. Just, I mean, it's just good. absolutely it, makes yeah. my heart sore. Um, and I, when I think about this, when I read this this morning, the word that comes to mind to me is faithfulness. Yeah. Um, and look at, look at what the faithfulness, look at what God does with the faithfulness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Not in so much that he saves their lives, but you talked about the sort of the benediction and sort of the reaction of Nebuchadnezzar, right? Mm -hmm. And sort of like, once again, he's ordering anyone who um, speaks anything against God to be torn limb from limb. And he's sort of like is, you know, compelled by who God is. And it reminds me of, to think about the examples throughout the scripture and then throughout history of where God has used the faithfulness of his people to make an impact on the lives of others. And I think mm -hmm. specifically of, First of all, you know, St. Augustine talks about the fact that when there was a, you know, that that whether or not the Roman Empire was declared Christian, Rome had already become Christian because during the plagues, the Christians stayed. Mm. Their faithfulness was compelling mm. to the people of Rome so much so that they were like, how can we not take this seriously? Because these people are so faithful to their God, so faithful to what they believe and so much in serving us. We can't not, you know, we, we can't just turn away from these people. This is this is compelling because it shows them who God is. I think of recently there was a, a you know a, a, a an attack on a church in Egypt. I think it was in Cairo. Yeah. And the Christian response was to pray for the people who had carried out the attack. And I remember watching a newscast, it was an Egyptian newscast and they were Muslims. Mm -hmm. And one of the newscasters was like, "Look at these people. <laughs> Look at these. They're how is this possible? How can you have this evil done to you and turn around and pray for and try mm. to care for the very people wow. who hate you so much? Because these are people who are faithful to God. They're faithful to who God is. They're faithful to who, who God calls them to be. And I think that as a Christian, you look at this and you say like, where in your life can you be faithful? Not even like, I mean, no one's calling any of us to be thrown into a fiery furnace, but like you want to know why, like for there are a variety of reasons to do this, but you want to know what one reason sexual purity is so important. What can God do with your faithfulness in being sexually pure in the lives of other people? Mm -hmm. What can he do with your ability, you know, with your having integrity, with you showing the fruits of the spirit, right? What can God do with that faithfulness if you're simply faithful to who God calls you to be? Mm -hmm. And I look at this and I see like three guys who just like are completely 
100% find their identity and foundation in who God is. Mm-hmm. They follow through with that faithfulness. And not only does he deliver them, and the deliverance to me is almost secondary, but like, look at what he does in Nebuchadnezzar and look at what this example does. Thousands of years later, mm-hmm. you're still on fire for these guys because their faithfulness is such a great picture of mm-hmm. like how we can live our lives on a daily basis. I just, I don't know, it gets me fired up. Dude, I love it. I love a fired up Greg Connolly <laughs> in the office. I also appreciated uh, the the still on fire for these guys pun, no pun intended. Um, but no, I totally agree. And you know, faithfulness is a faithfulness in the face of opposition. Mm-hmm. I think we we can kind of have this misconception around it of like God needs you to be faithful, um, and it's like no, like God's gonna get, God's gonna get his glory. You know, don't worry about him. Um, and, and this sense of like. It all it all comes down to Greg Conley's right, faithfulness right, yeah. at the state capital of Georgia yeah. today. You know, and if you bow out, the whole thing falls, <laughs> falls apart, apart, Greg. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. need you, Greg. <laughs> Come on. Um, no, it's like the the kingdom of God will advance, you know, and uh in, in a sense, like with or without you, the invitation of suffering, mm. the invitation of being faithful in opposition, the invitation of the furnace is that if you actually bow out, you know, like if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have had bowed down to the idol and been like, dude, so sorry, you know, we'll either we'll bow down to it or like we talked about yesterday, like they kind of made up some like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just drop my pencil when the <laughs> trumpet blows and um, not be standing upright when, right. when the bowing happens. You know, if when we cut corners or just straight up give in, you know, God will still get his glory, but what Shadrach and Meshach get out of the furnace is they walk with God mm-hmm. through the fire. Mm-hmm. They get communion with God. Yeah, And so it's not really God benefiting, you know, God, God will get his glory. Mm-hmm. And it's not really God getting this like great deal out of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's faithfulness, but it's actually they get to walk with God through fire. Right. And then as things often will go, you know, they actually are honored on the other side of their suffering, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they're actually promoted. And, you know, that's, it's one of those things like where it's kind of like the book of Proverbs, like um, there's principles and then there's realities. And, And so obviously faithfulness and righteousness can sometimes have a grim earthly ending. Mm hmm like for Stephen, the martyr yeah, um, or John the Baptist. Um, but it can also, you know, typically it can lead to, you know, people see righteousness and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, they actually advance in the kingdom on the other side of this. They get their second big promotion <laughs> in the government of Babylon uh, both times by defying the king's power and saying that God is mightier than him. Yeah. And, you know, so obviously that that's a, it's a principle, not necessarily a promise. Um, but what the promise is, is that our faithfulness to God will actually bring us into amazing communion with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I uh, just to fly over a story of a friend of mine, um, uh, there's a man named Amel who he works for Help the Persecuted, Josh Youssef's ministry. And uh, he's over in the Middle East. And there was this uh, Prince of Isis who, in a Sharia judge, Prince of Isis from another country of the Middle East, 
who was doing ISIS recruiting in Amel's country. Him and Amel ended up talking. Amel shared the gospel very bluntly with him. And so um, this man who his kind of stage name is Muhammad, um, he he goes away. And Muhammad, he, he's, he decides that he's like, well, I have to go back and kill that man. So he, he's going to go back and kill Amel. And, you know, it's a, it's a very, very tense situation. And so right before he goes back to kill Amel, he has this dream. It's, it's very wild. Amel walks up to him holding an envelope that's dripping with blood. And he gives Muhammad the envelope and it smells very strongly of incense. And so he goes to find Amel. He's still going to kill him, but he's going to ask him, uh, you know, what that dream meant. And Amal tells him, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Mm. The blood of Jesus is the incense. And now that man is the worship leader of Amal's church wow. and uh, and leads like 12 small groups. It's an amazing story, but I say all that in light of this story to say that I'm so glad, you know, even when I'm talking to like somebody who is not in a position of power or danger to me, but I know they have a contrasting worldview. The impulse that I often feel is to like have this very platonic Jesus who, mm. you know, kind of good guy, Jesus, Yeah. um, to have very like non-offensive views, very like, like, I mean, I don't, inclusive is too loaded of a word, but yeah. very like benign views. Yeah. And I'm so glad that Amal was faithful. Mm-hmm. And that he put himself in in the furnace, and you know that he he was doing something that he knew could get him stabbed or shot, and you know now the the discipleship and and glory of God has been magnified through that is is amazing, and so it's a great reminder, like we've been saying, that God is often not found where we would expect to find him, mm-hmm. but you know in the story of Daniel so far, he's been in the king's bedchambers. He's been in the furnace of Nebuchadnezzar and he's been in, you know, just in these random nooks and crannies of Babylon. And I think that we would find that it's pretty similar in our experience as we wait for Christ to return. Amen, man. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, that story just, you, you're talking about so thankful that he's faithful, you know? Um, and I think I think that when I look at so many Christians I admire and Christians in this church, right? Mm, but people, mm-hmm. elders in this church, deacons in this church, just fellow brothers and sisters who I've watched be faithful in the little things. What an encouragement that is. Maybe, and maybe we need to tell each other more when we see each other, like I really appreciated how faithful you were and watched you walk that out. Yeah. Um, and what that, the impact that has on the world, the impact that, and what God does with it um, and what it teaches us. Um, I'm reminded of my uncle, his his wife had um, he's a Christian he's a pastor mm. and his wife had um, diabetes for for many many years and it was very severe mm. and um, and it, it was severe to the point where she was bedridden and mm. you know he he served her I watched this man serve his wife uh, carry her from upstairs to downstairs take her to hospital appointments for for decades wow. and I would say this as a single man what that taught me about marriage what that taught me about the way you can love another person. Um, 
he, I don't think my uncle ever would have thought of it as being him giving anything that he wouldn't, that wasn't obvious to him because he loved his wife mm. and just the faithfulness in that moment, just watching God show up in that and what it's taught me and what it's probably taught many other people. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, like you don't, God's going to show up in unexpected places, but if you are faithfulness, you just simply remain faithful without any eye. There's no, you know, it's an eye to a reward. It's simply an mm-hmm. eye to, or it's clinging to the God that you serve. It's just, it's just a, it's a, like you mentioned incense. What a beautiful fragrance mm-hmm. to send to God. It's just, just your faithfulness to him, just complete trust. It's Amen. beautiful. Amen. All right. Love it. Let's be faithful today. For Amen. Greg Conley, this is Will Carlisle. You better believe we're going to see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.